I wasn't ready to give up the power of being a witch. I think Jesus saw that and he knew I'm going to have to show her what she's serving as a witch to get her to see me. And then I'm trying to lay down and go to bed and sleep paralysis comes over me again. But this time it's different because this time I'm levitating about four feet out of my body. And I'm forced as I'm outside of my body to look to one side and I see my child um, getting horribly abused. And I can't look away, I can't close my eyes, I can do nothing, I'm paralyzed, I just have to watch. And I'm too paralyzed to pray, I can't. But I can get out in my head, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the second I do, it's like two opposing forces meet. Alyssa, welcome to Delafay Testimonies. We are so excited to have you um, joining us to share your testimony of Jesus with our community. Uh, for people who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to us? Sure. My name is Alyssa. I'm a mom of two very small children and another one on the way. I'm married. Um, I've been walking with Jesus for the past year now. He pulled me out of New Age witchcraft, and I'm just here to share my story. Alyssa, can you share your testimony of Jesus, uh, starting with your childhood? You know, what was your upbringing like? Did you grow up in church? Um, so my childhood was rough, and I'm just gonna dig right into it and say what I need to say here. Um, the first time I remember getting abused by my neighbor, I was about five years old in kindergarten. And I didn't have any understanding of sexuality being five years old, so I didn't know what was happening to me. And he was very bold in the abuse. There was never a threat. There was never, don't tell your mom, this is our secret. The way he would act while he would abuse me is exactly how he would act in front of my mom. So this went on for years because I didn't know what it was. I knew I didn't like it. I didn't know what to call it. And I wanted to dissociate and pretend like it wasn't happening. I wanted to be a normal kid and go to the park and play with my friends. So in my childhood mind and the way I coped was to pretend it wasn't going on. And a couple of years later, he ends up marrying my mom. And at the time, maybe I could have understood sexuality a little bit. I was about 10, but I still didn't want to name it or, or call it or say anything because if I said something, then it would be real. But if I didn't say anything, then it's just this nightmare dream state thing. This is, you know, how I thought as a child. So I remember telling my mom I don't like him when she was going to get married, but I couldn't, I didn't say why. And now it's worse because now he's my stepdad and we're living in the same house and he's not waiting outside of his trailer for me to get out to tell me to come into his trailer, right? Now he's there. And I remember I'm about 13 years old now and I wanna ignore it. I don't wanna go there, I, I just don't. But he's getting bolder and bolder and he's leaving pornography tapes in my bedroom for me to come home from school and find. You know, he's bragging to me about the things he's doing and letting me know it's actually been going on longer than I can remember. And so at this point, I'm like, I have to tell. I, it's no longer a choice to dissociate and pretend. So when I decide that, 
in my head, there's no possibility that I'm not going to get help. The only reality that exists is I'm going to be believed. This person's going to be removed from our home. Um, that's what I thought would happen. So I go to tell and... The long story short, I just wasn't believed. He was this ultra charismatic man, and I was this troubled preteen. And I already made it clear when they got married, I didn't like him, right? So now I'm not only being abused, but I'm also the black sheep of the family, you know, the person nobody wants to interact with because she would make up stories like this. And of course, middle school, I'm also getting bullied at school. And I remember just feeling like, there was nowhere that I could just be alive because I had to pretend at home to wear this insensitive mask where nothing hurts me. I had to go to school. I had to wear the same mask, pretend like I'm some strong person that I'm really not. I'm a broken kid. And at the time, we're Catholic, but we're not real Catholics. We're not read your Bible Catholic. We're not sacrament Catholic. We're go to church for an hour on Sunday so you could get the special cracker so you could have good luck for the week Catholic. So I remember I'm sitting in church and I'm sitting next to this man who got the green light to keep abusing me. And bitterness just grows in my heart. And I'm looking at the other men in the church and I'm wondering, are you all doing the same thing? You know, is this a game of smoke and mirrors? Does anybody here actually know God? And then my bitterness shifts to God himself. And I think, okay, you're this God that separated the oceans, right? But you sat and you watched when I was five and this man was in his underwear and he was telling me to get on top of him and to touch him. And I came up with two possibilities in my 13-year-old logic. Um, the first one was this God must not exist. He, he can't be real. How could, how could he, right? And the second option, which I think I leaned more towards, was if this God exists, He's not for me. He doesn't love me. He's for those kids over there that grow up with their mom and dad in a house and play soccer on Saturdays. Like, he loves those kids, right? I'm the percentage in the trailer park that he forgot, and he doesn't want anything to do with. And I personally believe that a lot of people have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And when we take God out, we want to fill it with something immediately, whether it's like sex, drugs, relationships. And for me, it was witchcraft. So while I'm having this little mini existential crisis, I'm remembering that since I was a child, I had spiritual gifts. I had prophetic dreams. I could read the energy of a situation or a person really well beyond just normal day-to-day -day life. And I didn't know at the time that a Christian could have a spiritual gift. I didn't read Acts. I didn't know my Bible. I didn't know the Holy Spirit. So I thought, yeah, this is proof I was born a witch. And now I have this born this way idea. And I was okay with it. And I remember the first witchcraft book I picked up. It was Love at First Read. I'm reading about honoring the animal kingdom. I'm reading about worshiping nature. And it was this the very first thing in my life that allowed me to be this sensitive, dreamy, intuitive child. And I thought, this is my path. This is where I'm meant to go. So now fast forward to being 18 years old. I am broken beyond broken. I have depression. I have anxiety. I have nightmares related to the abuse. 
And getting into the new age, let me tell you, was like stepping into quicksand. It all happened so fast and at once. So I sign up for a yoga class because I'm like, this is going to help me. This is going to help my problems. And my yoga teacher was beautiful and wise and smart, and I wanted to be just like her. And it turned out she taught a meditation class, and now I'm doing meditation. And let me tell you, that opened the doors to Eastern philosophy, Eastern mysticism. I'm going down the rabbit hole, and once I hit karma and reincarnation, it was the spiritual light bulb. It was like, this is what I need, because going through what I went through, I always just wanted to know why do some people grow up the way I grew up, but then other people get to like grow up normal and okay. And so when I hit karma and reincarnation, I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. This is what I'm meant to learn. This is finally my answer. And I'm just going deeper. And while I'm doing all of this, I'm doing the law of attraction and manifesting because the thing about the new age practices is they all bleed into each other. You kind of can't really have one without the other. Now I'm manifesting. So the thing about the law of attraction is it's really attractive to people who have been through trauma. Because for me, feeling like I was in control meant I feel safe. And there's nothing in the world more controlling than my thoughts control reality, you know? So I'm going down this path and I'm good at it. I'm manifesting and things are happening. And so I go deeper and now I'm manifesting with the phases of the moon and things are happening. And now I'm going deeper and I'm manifesting with my crystals too and things are happening. And I'm going deeper and now I'm using sage and different herbs and things are happening. And now I'm going deeper and I'm using candles and I'm engraving them with my intentions and I'm anointing them with oil and things are happening. And I remember I used to do this at the kitchen table, right? So one night I'm looking around at my candles, my oils, my sage, the chanting in the background, and I realize I'm doing full-blown witchcraft. I didn't draw a pentagram. I didn't summon some god or goddess, but here I am doing witchcraft. And I did not feel afraid. I did not feel anything negative. In fact, I had this born this way idea. So I'm like, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it's funny because it's at the kitchen table, right? And there's a chair right across from me and I can feel a presence in that chair. And I remember I tried to talk to it, but I didn't say anything back, right? So I just kind of smirked and I figured, well, that must be a spirit guide or something that's helping me manifest. And while I'm doing all of these things, I'm getting worse. My depression is getting worse. My anxiety is getting worse. Nightmares I've always had related to the abuse are getting worse and turning into sleep paralysis, which I've never experienced in my life. And so now I'm grasping at new age straws and I'm doing Reiki energy healing and I'm feeling better for a day and then worse. I'm doing past life regression therapy as if I don't have enough trauma to work on in this own life. I'm doing all types of things. I'm getting into my tarot cards now. And I'm thinking I'm such a wise witch using tarot. But the truth is, you know, if I had a new person in my life, I couldn't trust them unless if I checked the cards to see what they had to say. If I had a major decision to make in my life, I couldn't do it unless if I consulted my tarot. And so what I thought was wisdom at the time, looking back now, I can see a spiritual bondage. And it's just getting worse. 
And here's where the hand of God is over my life. I end up meeting a coworker that I just shouldn't have known. Um, she worked a different shift, different department, different floor, different times. And we met and we just hit it off so well. And she told me she was seeing this trauma therapist who happened to be a Christian. And I was like, well, I'm interested. And even though at the time I decided Christianity is not for me, the Christian God does not love me. As a New Ager, I believed all religions lead to the same source, to the same oneness. So where Christianity is not for me, it can be for somebody else and it can be totally valid. So I go. And a part of therapy involves praying to Jesus. And in my New Age belief system, I can do this because I can call God anything I want to. I can say, Krishna, Buddha, oneness, source, Jesus, and the same being is going to answer the phone. The name doesn't matter in my belief. So I'm praying to Jesus, and my life is getting more peaceful. And I can't explain it because for the past at least decade, I've been trying all of these New Age practices with counterfeit spiritual highs, but no lasting peace. And so I decide... Maybe I should give Jesus a chance. And this is where the word says, knock, and it'll be opened. I knocked on that door, but let me tell you, I thought the New Age Jesus was going to open it for me. And uh, it was pretty shocking when the real one opened it. I had already decided a long time ago the Christian God doesn't love me. So I'm not looking for Jesus in the Bible. I'm looking for Jesus in the New Age. And that's basically just a man. He was not a god. He was enlightened in the way that we can all become enlightened. He healed, but probably through Reiki and the way we can all heal. And he didn't die for our sins because it makes no sense that one man can die for everybody. So that's what I'm searching for. And I happen to have a past life regression author that I'm in love with, and she wrote two books on people who claim to have past lives with Jesus. So I picked that up instead of the Bible, and I start reading, and it just, it all affirmed the New Age Jesus, right? And I'm on fire for it because I'm thinking, oh, I'm learning some spiritual mystery. I'm uncovering something. But the truth is, I'm just looking for information to verify what I already believe instead of opening myself up for a different possibility. And I was so sad that she only wrote two books on this because I read these books in one day. So I'm going online and I'm trying to look her up in her books and I come across something called The False Christ of this author's name. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting title. I guess I'll listen to it. And it talked about how Jesus is who he said he is. He is God. He did die for us. And the New Age practices are demonic. And the one thing that stuck out to me was someone said, demons don't care if your kids are cute. That hit me because with my childhood, everything I do with my kids, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, it's all safety. You know, I that's my value in being a mother and raising my children is keeping them safe. So it hit me, and I can see now this was Jesus giving me a gentle nudge towards his cross because I already knocked on that door, but I wasn't ready. I was a stubborn witch. I felt like I had an identity as a witch. Who was I going to be if I was not a witch? I was born this way. I thought wrongly that I was 
reclaiming my sexuality because I'm doing things with the phases of the moon and goddess energy and, you know, which I still had problems with that. I wasn't reclaiming anything, but I thought I was. And the last most important, strongest bondage was I wasn't ready to give up the power of being a witch. If you use tarot cards, you can get some real information. If you manifest, things can happen. And I wasn't ready to give that up. I think Jesus saw that and he knew I'm going to have to show her what she's serving as a witch to get her to see me. Because witchcraft is easy to do when you think, I'm working with universal energies, I'm working with spirit guides and, you know, aliens maybe. But witchcraft is real hard to do when you realize, I'm working in the demonic realm and they want to steal, kill, and destroy me. It's real hard to pick witchcraft up after that, you know? So I remember that night, I'm going to bed and I see this dark figure and it's got a dark face, it's hunched over, it's in a red robe and a crown of thorns. And I think to myself, that's not Jesus. I've driven myself insane. I just need to go to bed and cool off on all this. Nothing in my mind thinks it's a demon because I don't believe in demons. And some time goes by and then I'm trying to lay down and go to bed and sleep paralysis comes over me again. But this time it's different because this time I'm levitating about four feet out of my body. And I can't say I felt afraid or sad because it was this overwhelming sense of hopelessness, just complete inhuman hopelessness, total lack of light. While I'm levitating outside my body, it's a sensation of I'm being ripped. I'm being ripped out and something's trying to come in. And I'm forced as I'm outside of my body to look to one side and I see my child um, getting horribly abused. And I can't look away. I can't close my eyes. I can do nothing. I'm paralyzed. I just have to watch. And then like in slow motion, I'm turned to see the other side and it's my other child being graphically abused but in a different way and I can do nothing but watch. And I know a couple things to be true in this moment even though I'm totally paralyzed. I know that even though I don't believe in demons, I'm in the presence of the demonic right now. I know that I'm seeing the plan for myself and for my children. And something in me knew I needed to call on the name of Jesus. It couldn't be my obsidian rock. It couldn't be my spirit guides. It couldn't be my tarot. It couldn't be Krishna or oneness. Or it, it only could be the name of Jesus. And I'm too paralyzed to pray. I can't. But I can get out in my head, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the second I do, it's like two opposing forces meet. There's still that force that is ripping me out of my body, but there's this stronger, but somehow gentle, loving force that's slowly putting me back in. When I got back in, I knew two things to be true that would change my life. I knew that Jesus is Lord of everything. He is who he said he is. There is no, it's not source, it's not, it's, it's Jesus. The, the one. And the second thing I knew to be absolutely true was the demonic exists, 
and the darkness bows down to the name of Jesus. I saw it. I can't explain it, but I saw it. And so I go to my therapist and I'm like, she is going to tell me I'm a lost cause and I'm crazy. And here's the hand of God again. She happens to be involved in deliverance ministry. And so she leads me through renouncing everything that I had been involved in. And I get home and I throw away, I don't know how much worth of crystals. I throw away my New Age library because when you're in the New Age, it never ends. You always need another book. You always need to know another topic, another healing, another this, another that. So I had a library. I threw that away. Um, in the New Age, I felt like my tarot cards were my best friend, you know, that would give me advice, give me the truth when I needed it. But after this experience, I looked at them and I felt disgusted and I threw them away no problem. And that's when my life really started to change. I got a Bible. And for the first time, I felt like I only need this one book. I don't need to be searching in here and in there. And I just need this one. And God starts working to me, working with me in layers. So the first thing I noticed, no matter where I look in my Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel, there's warnings about the New Age everywhere. This is not a new thing, even though it's called the New Age. This is witchcraft. And so the Holy Spirit convicts me in that time. And as I'm reading, it's funny because I already know Jesus is Lord. I already know these things from that experience. So as I'm reading, I'm trying to take his word in the best I can so this seed can fall on solid soil and not, you know, in the thorns and not on the path. And I get to the part on forgiveness. And I'm not ready for that because... I'm supposed to forgive. Jesus, as he was dying, forgave the people who were killing him. And I haven't forgiven my abuser. And I remember one day I broke down crying and said, Lord, I don't know how to forgive him. I know where you're calling me to go, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know the first step on how to get there. And I heard him say, Look at the spirit behind the person. And that was powerful because I felt the Lord telling me, this man that abused you, I still love him. I formed him in his mother's womb. He's still a human being that I created. It was mind-blowing to me. And I felt the Lord was letting me know, look, this man, this broken man, opened up the door to spirits of perversion, to predatory spirits, and they ruined his life. He could have had a solid marriage. He could have been a father figure to a child that didn't have one. But because he was in these struggles and honestly in spiritual warfare, it was all taken from him. And in that moment, I didn't see him anymore as this monster abuser that I wanted to hurt. In that moment, I saw him as a broken human being that God also made just like how he made me and my babies. And so for the first time, I was able to actually write him a letter and say, look, this is what you did. This is how it affected me. I found Jesus and he's helping me forgive you. And I'm actually praying for you. And I'm praying for your deliverance. I'm praying that you get to know the God that I know. And you get to experience this type of love too. And I meant it. 
And suddenly I'm free from this bondage of unforgiveness that I was searching all the way through the new age to find and never found. And my life keeps changing. So in the new age, God is whoever you want God to be. God can be you. God can be your marriage. It's up for debate, right? So in the new age, I'm looking at my husband as what's going to fulfill me as if God would. I'm looking at my husband as the source that should be my happiness, my ultimate fulfillment, my union, as the new age likes to call it. And of course, I'm being disappointed all the time because no human being can meet that standard. And after I found Jesus, I realized the love that I'm looking for, this overwhelming love, it's from Jesus. I can't find it in a relationship. I can't find it in anything in this world. It's only through Jesus. And when I was able to learn that and let go of these expectations of my marriage, suddenly my marriage is peaceful. Suddenly we're more in love. Suddenly we're not fighting. I couldn't believe it. Also, at the time, I had two kids ages two and under. And suddenly, with Jesus and knowing him and knowing his word, I have patience. I have patience for my kids. I'm delivered from my rage and my fears, and I'm able to really just be present and enjoy my children through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I end up learning actually that this type of abuse that I went through is generational. And I end up coming across Alexander Pagani. I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name on this or not, but his work on deliverance and generational curses. And now as a Christian and someone who lives in Jesus, I'm able to actually work through these generational curses. So I'm not passing it on to my kids. I'm able to pray over my bloodline. Like, how cool is that? How exciting that these things don't need to continue. And I look at my children and I'm so excited because they're going to be the first generation that knows Jesus and knows what an intimate relationship with him looks like. And I can't wait to see what they do with their lives because of that. So that's my story. That's how, you know, Jesus... (laughs) showed me what I was serving and pulled me right out of that new age. I knocked on the door and I was surprised by who answered. But yeah, that's that's my testimony. Alyssa, who is Jesus to you? Jesus to me is the greatest love that we can ever have. So as I understand Jesus, he is God that came into earth as a human vessel. And because God knows everything, God knew, I'm about to become a human. I'm going to be gossiped. I'm going to be slandered. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be killed. And he even saw the tree grow in the earth that he would die on. And he still chose to come and to become human for us because he loves us that much. That type of love is beyond human understanding and beyond human capacity. So Jesus to me is a love that I can't understand. Um, He's a redeemer in a way that I can't put into words because I'm living a new life, right? Like I'm a new mother, I'm a new wife, I'm a new human being to everybody I interact with. 
I'm not depressed. I'm not anxious. I have no more sleep paralysis. And it's all because of the name of Jesus. Can you share with us, you know, what people around you were thinking with this transformation, your oh conversion? Yeah. Like what was their reaction? Yeah, um, they thought I was going crazy because I had a New Age community around me because I was a New Ager. And my husband doesn't believe in anything, but he saw me throw away probably thousands of dollars worth of crystals. And he's money-minded, so he's like, what on earth are you doing? And it's hard. It's hard when you go against everybody around you and what they believe and say, no, we got it wrong. Like, this is not right. But it's funny because even now he does admit, like, hey, you're not waking me up guttural screaming anymore from the sleep paralysis and night terrors. Like, things are normal. We're not fighting. We're not experiencing these emotional highs and lows. Like, we just have peace. So even though the people around me didn't necessarily understand, they do admit things are different. And Alyssa, can you share a word of encouragement with anyone that is connecting with your story that they have experienced, you know, what you've experienced, either all of it or some of it? Can you share a word of encouragement with them? I, I want to say two things. So the first thing is to the New Agers out there and the fellow witches, when you first start, it's going to be a sequence of counterfeit spiritual highs. And I'm never going to deny that and say it doesn't exist because it's there. But you will find eventually it's a cup without a bottom. So as you keep pouring these healing practices on, they're just going right through. Nothing is lasting. And Jesus is who he said he is. So when he told the woman in Samaria, I will give you water and you will never thirst again, that's true. So you don't have to keep searching. You don't have to go to the next retreat or the next seminar or spend more money on, you know, more books. Like you can just knock and he will open the door. And it's freeing. It's freeing that you just need one book. You know, you don't need all of these crystals. You don't need this bondage. You just need Jesus. And the second thing I'd like to say is to anybody who's been hurt by the religious spirit, hurt by a church or a pastor or somebody who pretended to know God, I want to say don't let that hurt influence your relationship with your Jesus. And He is your Jesus because He wants us to belong to Him and He wants to belong to us. And when we look at a church or a pastor or somebody in this world who is broken and damaged us, we can't take that to mean the Creator is broken and damaged us. These are just broken people. Alyssa, can you pray for people that are watching, that are connecting with your testimony, whether it's the New Ager or the person dealing with that religious spirit or, you know, that have experienced what they've, ex you know, you've experienced. Can you pray for them? You know, if they're, you know, kind of there's this longing that's just, you know, there's that place, you know, like coming back to Jesus or even just seeking Jesus. Can you pray for them? Um, just how you feel led to pray. Yeah. Um, Jesus. I thank you for these types of testimonies that reach out to people and let them know you're still working. Your gospel's not done. Your miracles are not done. Um, and I pray for the people who are 
searching. I I know there are so many broken people out there that are thinking, if I just get this next crystal, then my life will make sense. And I just want to pray for them to know that you are God. You are who you said you are. It's really not that hard. It's actually kind of simple. And I just pray you open the hearts of people to just knock on the door. Because I know the second they knock, you're going to do what only you can do best. And I pray, Lord, for anybody that is even just considering you, that they knock. Amen. Amen. And Alyssa, do you have any last words that you'd like to share with anyone that's watching today? Um, You know, it's funny because when I sat down to do this testimony, we were talking a little bit, and I had mentioned, I don't know how to put into words the life that I was living before and the life that I was living, that I am now living. Like, how do I say that I got a new lease on life? And in the conversation, I kind of realized, like, in the new age and thinking I was a witch and all this stuff, I was just a dead woman walking with depression, with all different things. And now after letting Jesus in and knocking on that door and being willing to admit that I was wrong spiritually, I'm alive. And I get to share that life with my kids. I get to share it with my husband. I get to share it with people I interact with. And I get to truly know what love and life is because of Jesus. Hey, everybody. I hope the New Testimony has blessed you, has encouraged you. Just wanted to let you know that if you are in need of help, that we have people that are ready to speak with you. So down in the description box below, in the comment section, uh, if you're watching from YouTube, if you're listening from our podcast, just look for the link that says, talk to someone who cares. Click on that, fill out the form, and somebody will get in contact with you locally. Now, this is only available to people in the U.S. right now, but we are working to get resources for our international viewers and listeners. But for right now, if you are in the U.S. and you need help, you need to talk with somebody, please fill out that form and somebody will reach out to you. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next testimony.